G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. A biblical perspective on life, culture and current events. This is 2020 on Vision. On a Monday, we like to check in with the Australian Christian Lobby. Peter Abetz is the Western Australian State Director for the ACL. Peter, a special welcome back to 2020. Uh, Good to be with you, Neil. Peter, let's start with something that's national and then we'll zero in on some of those things that are more specific for Western Australia, uh, your stamping ground. Uh, But let's talk about something that affects every Australian, this mis- and disinformation bill that's being proposed. Uh, Certainly that's interesting for every listener who's concerned about privacy and freedoms. Uh, What's the latest from your side? Look, the mis- and disinformation bill, as it's known, uh, official name actually is Communication Legislation Amendment Combating Misinformation and Disinformation Bill. It's quite a mouthful, so everybody just refers to it as the mis- and disinformation bill. It's actually um, not a bill before Parliament yet. It's an exposure draft, as they call it, which is, uh, I guess, the government is trying to test the waters uh, to see what reaction there is. Um, and basically what this bill uh, proposes to do is to require the social media platforms to have policies in place to prevent mis- and disinformation uh, that could be harmful being decimated through, uh, uh, sorry, um, circulated through their uh, platforms. And, of course, the big question is, what is this and what is misinformation? So if you're defining those, I mean, we might just be thinking whoever's saying the wrong thing, leading people astray online, uh, that could be classified there. But the government's got some more deeper definition there. Yeah, the the bill uh, defines disinformation as uh, when a person puts stuff up, they they actually know is false and they do it deliberately to deceive or mislead people. And I think uh, you know, most of us would agree, hey, that's fair enough that uh, you know, scams and those sorts of things, if you know something is not true and yet you're trying to deceive people by peddling it, uh, that something needs to be done about that, I think most people would feel comfortable with that. But the, what, the problem is the misinformation. They define that as something that you believe to be true, uh, you're convinced it's true, but um, somebody else, um, not, namely the authorities, consider it to be harmful and not true. And, of course, how, how, how is that going to work in a situation of freedom of speech? Like, for example, I believe that Jesus Christ rose from the dead um, and that his uh, dying on the cross uh, took away my sin. Um, now, there would be some in authority who would say that's poppycock. They would accept that I... I, um, I believe that very deeply and I'm convicted of the truth of that. But if they consider that harmful to other people because it might have some psychological detrimental effect on them, um, who's going to make those decisions? And the way the legislation is framed, ACMA, that's the um, uh, the Australian um, 
oh, uh, Communications Media Authority. That's what it stands for. Um, so the Australian Communications Media Authority, they will be the final arbiter of what is truth and what is not. And uh, that is really problematic. So this is the issue, isn't it? Uh, it's who decides what's true. And when you've got an open and free society where you can debate all sorts of things, um, to have some sort of arbiter that is going to define what's true and what's not, uh, that actually creates a real problem for a free society. How do you see that even as being something like of a, of a threat uh, for the freedom of Australia into the future? Look, I see it as a very major threat because the reality is that um, you know, there's different opinions, different understandings of things, but it's by having free and open public debate that usually the truth eventually filters through to the top. Like we've seen it with um, uh, you know, how to treat children with gender dysphoria, for example, um, you know, the use of so-called pu pu puberty blockers. Um, was supposedly fully reversible, and anybody who said they weren't fully reversible was uh, had posts taken off uh, their social media, and they were claimed to be misleading people. Well, now the medical opinion is united that they are not reversible, and so it's by allowing people to express different views and so on that eventually uh, the truth bubbles to the top. That's how science works too. So it really would. Um, yeah, if, if this if that kind of idea were to uh, kind of law would be allowed, we'd all still believe in a flat earth because that was the common belief and it was uh, considered wrong to say it was a sphere. But eventually, uh, through public debate, we got to learn the earth is in fact a sphere. So the real danger here, Peter, is that there would be a body who would be able to engineer what the truth is. Uh, that means really uh, shaping public discourse. Uh, it even could mean swaying how elections uh, go and the outcomes and uh, promoting various ideologies one over another. And it's really who's in charge as to as to whether those sorts of things happen and, and to what degree. So, I mean, if, if the government's got this as an exposure draft right now, are they inviting... Uh, for people to have their say, is there a submission process? Uh, is there something you can speak up to right now? What are your thoughts here for listeners who are thinking uh, we need to take some uh, some action here? Look, um, the time for submissions, I understand, is closed, but certainly, uh, like ACL put in a submission back in August, um, I think that that's closed, but people can certainly communicate with their uh, federal members of parliament expressing uh, concern and perhaps I should just make it clear that it's the social media platforms uh, they are the ones who will have to make the decision because the um, Australian uh, Communications Authority and uh, Media Authority they will not actually say you have to take this post down but basically they're saying a uh, a social media platform that does not have adequate policies to keep mis and disinformation off their platform, they will fine them uh, up to 5% of their global turnover. So it's massive fines. And inevitably what will happen is, is that the uh, social media platforms will actually uh, self-censor. And so they will uh, plan to err on the side of caution in what they will allow to be posted uh, because hey, they don't want to get fined.
Uh, so the government would be encouraging, I guess, as it does now, some level of self-censorship, um, mm. uh, self-regulation, and therefore the ACMA would become a backstop. But any time you've got a backstop that can be the arbiter of truth, uh, you're mm. really treading on really dangerous ground. Uh, thank you so much for a great update on that. Hey, let's get a little focus on some of those issues that are bubbling along in Western Australia. Back in September, uh, there was uh, there was uh, abortion reform legislation. Uh, give us your insights here, because somehow I suspect that people don't realise just how serious those reforms were in Western Australia. Uh, what's the latest from your end? Yeah, look, the, the bill uh, passed late September and has now been proclaimed. So that's the law of the land. And I would say it's probably the most uh, liberal or draconian um, abortion legislation in the world, because basically under this legislation, you can now have an abortion, uh, even if you've got a perfectly healthy baby, uh, right up until the day before baby is due, as long as you can get two doctors to agree that it's appropriate. Um, and... Uh, you know, the idea that you can uh, kill a baby um, for psychosocial reasons, when in fact, if the mother would give birth to it, it would be a perfectly healthy baby, perfectly able to survive. Uh, that is, I think, really abhorrent. Um, so that's one of the tragedies of this legislation. The other is that basically you can have an abortion up to birth for pretty much any and no reason. And what was really disappointing was that the amendment to ban sex selection abortions, the, uh, that was voted down as well. Um, it was quite, quite concerning, actually, because all parties were given a conscience vote on the bill and any amendments that were coming up. And uh, it was uh, every member of parliament uh, in the upper house from all the different minor parties uh, and the liberals and the nationals uh, they all supported this amendment and only two of the Labor people supported it, which that meant it wasn't enough to get that amendment across the line. But the, the general impression we got was that the Labor members were under tremendous pressure not to uh, accept any amendments whatsoever to this legislation. And sadly, since the uh, McGowan government won that massive landslide at the last election, they haven't actually allowed any amendment to any piece of legislation that's gone through the upper house, which is, which really, um, it, it's very unhealthy because it really means that uh, the, the upper house is not functioning as the house of review. It's almost one of those uh, absolute power uh, corrupts absolutely along the lines of this type of uh, ethical mm. issue when you start to uh, see that there was no amendments allowed at all on that yeah. abortion reform legislation. Uh, just on a personal note here, Peter, because uh, you're mixing widely uh, throughout Western Australia. You're listening to the thoughts that people are having uh, as you travel uh, around the state. What are you hearing from people? Did they realise that this abortion reform legislation had gone through in September and it was now law and that it was uh, the most liberal in the world? Uh, do people realise or do they have to be pinched, you know, pinch yourself here because this is the reality? What are you, what are you hearing from people? Look, the, the mainstream media actually gave very little coverage to this bill going through. Um, they sort of uh, made a big thing about the fact that it was taking abortion out of the uh, criminal code. Uh, you know, nobody had been prosecuted for the last 25 years, so it was really a bit of a non-event. But they focused on that. They did not 
mention at all that it allowed um, abortion right up to birth uh, for psychosocial reasons. I would say that 99% of people in Western Australia would be unaware of that aspect of the legislation. And uh, uh, yeah, it's, it, it's, it's an interesting one because I think even, uh, even a lot of Christians who generally take more interest in the abortion legislation, uh, I'd say most people would be unaware of that. And more legislation, no doubt, coming down the track. Uh, I mean, WA not yet, uh, in some sense, uh, caught up with all of the dreadful things that have happened in some of the other states. Uh, issues like uh, conversion therapy laws—that's on the agenda in WA, isn't it? Uh, yes, the um, the government, uh, in response to the Esther House uh, uh, report or inquiry, uh, said they were going to introduce. Uh, gay conversion laws or banning gay conversion laws, as it's popularly referred to. But we haven't actually seen any uh, legislation as yet. I think it was, um, so I remember, I think it was December last year, if I'm not mistaken, that they announced this. Uh, but we still haven't seen any uh, legislation. Um, and so we just don't quite know what's going to be. Although the Attorney General when he made that announcement, he did state in that media release that uh, the legislation would permit um, psychologists and uh, medical people uh, to uh, counsel people uh, around that issue of uh, gender uh, um, identity and sexual orientation. Uh, I think highlighting that they didn't want to go down the path of the Victorian legislation, which actually makes it a criminal offence to pray with somebody, for example, uh, to uh, if a person asks for prayer, uh, that God might help them overcome their um, gender dysphoria or their uh, sexual uh, uh, same-sex attraction. Uh, so we, we just, my sense is that the government doesn't want to go quite down the um, Victorian path. But the LGBTQ activists here are very keen to see the Victorian-style legislation because they consider that the gold standard, whereas I would consider that's the most draconian in the world. Well, when it criminalises Christian ministry, uh, we've been drawing attention to that. And, uh, of course, a lot of that legislation has passed and there needs to be some sort of a groundswell uh, for people to speak up and say, wait a minute, criminalising Christians who are helping people who have an unwanted same-sex attraction, that just... Uh, that just uh, is a, a, a step too far. Uh, mm. Let's talk about a few of the other things. Uh, there's a, a potential for a revised Equal Opportunity Act in Western Australia. Uh, this is all about Christian schools and uh, their ability to hire the staff that will, uh, will, will go along with uh, the Christian school ethos. Uh, what's the development there? Well, the, yeah, the government uh, called on the... WA Law Reform Commission to review the Act uh, a couple of years back and um, the uh, Law Reform Commission did the report and they've given that to the government. The government has announced that they accept broadly accept all the recommendations and a lot of the recommendations are pretty mundane but there's a bunch of them uh, that relate to the Christian schools as you've mentioned or faith-based schools so it affects Jewish, Muslim, Christian schools equally and Basically, what they want to do is they want to remove the right of faith-based schools to give preference in selecting staff um, or giving preference to people of the faith of the school to in their staff selection process. So, in other words, um, if, you, if you're looking for a maths or a science teacher, 
uh, you're not allowed to prefer someone who's a Christian if you've got a Christian school. Uh, you've got to equally, uh, you've got to disregard their faith. And if an atheist teacher uh, would have similar qualifications or better qualifications or better experience, then you're really obligated, to, would be obligated to take the atheist. And of course, it really fails to grasp the reality that uh, faith-based education is not just about imparting facts. It's actually about um, the children in the school seeing the life, the Christian life modelled, uh, and that you actually create a faith community. And if you uh, are not able to give preference to people of the faith of the school in staff selection, uh, that really undermines the whole function uh, of a Christian school. The only situation where they recommend you should be allowed to give preference to people of faith is for chaplains, principals, and religious studies teachers. Well, you know, this is one of those things, isn't it? Uh, as you really quite beautifully there define, uh, what is it that makes a Christian school? It's more than just a delivery of facts. In fact, if you took the Christian teachers and the staff out of the equation, what would make it a Christian school? Uh, so that's something I imagine that um, you'd be wanting to make sure that Western Australian listeners uh, in your neck of the woods uh, would be right on board with some of the things that are coming up so far as initiatives that are coming from the Australian Christian Lobby, uh, particularly for WA uh, listeners right now, Peter. Uh, is there something that you're asking people to get on board with, uh, just to uh, to connect with you, to be a part of any initiatives that you've got coming up, to alert people that these things are happening? Yeah, look, what we've actually done a, um, a uh, called an e-petition, on the uh, parliamentary website. In fact, today is the last day they can actually sign that petition. It closes today. Um, it's a petition that calls on the state government not to proceed with this legislation until such time as the uh, federal government has uh, clarified what they're going to do with the Australian Law Reform Commission report, which uh, basically recommended the same kind of thing. Um, and uh, But one of the things I've done is I've done a uh, run a few uh, Zoom trainings with, with our supporters and just give them some ammunition uh, how to argue this issue because what I say, for example, is um, if it's good enough for a Green senator, if he had a staffer who woke up one morning and said, you know what, I think climate change is a load of garbage, um, the Green senator would want to have the right to terminate the services of that uh, of that staffer because he just doesn't fit the ethos of that um uh, of that office anymore. Um, and in the same way, if a staff member no longer embraces the Christian faith, uh, he just doesn't fit into that, um, into that, in, into the ethos of, of that school. And therefore, the school should be able to terminate their services. And uh, I think that that's uh, illustration is one that really resonates with people. So I'd encourage people to get on the parliamentary website. That's the WA Parliament. Um, if you go on the uh, uh, Get Involved tab, and then you've got a uh, e-petitions and go down to that and you'll find the petition there and you can sign it. only takes a minute to do that so that would be really helpful the other thing we're doing is uh, with the federal members of parliament we're actually having little delegations visit the federal members we've covered nearly half of the federal electorate uh, already uh, our members rather and uh, so we've got a few more to go uh, but I'd certainly encourage people to uh, write letters uh, or make phone calls to their state and federal members about this issue.
Just quickly, before I let you go, of course, uh, with the you know, the absolute power in the uh, the lower and uh, House of Reviews in Western Australia, uh, some of this legislation we're talking about is likely to appear, I guess, probably next year. Um, uh, this is a sort of, uh, you know, is uh, what about the church? Is the Christian church, are the leaders all united? Are there people who are speaking up? Uh, is there a way that some agitation can happen here? Uh, are there, is there a sort of an appetite amongst Christians in Western Australia to speak up? Uh, what are your thoughts here? Because I think an election's about 18 months out. And, uh, you know, but are churches agitating and speaking up loudly enough? What are your thoughts here, uh, quickly? Uh, churches generally not. Uh, the Christian school movement definitely has. And the Muslim uh, leadership has also spoke up. In fact, I went with the Muslim leadership to see the Attorney General about the whole issue um, and made our position very clear that we considered it unacceptable. Um, but interestingly enough, they still have not introduced the revised Equal Opportunity Act uh, and one of the journalists wrote an article a week or two back saying he thinks the government is actually uh, stalling on both the Gay Conversion and the Equal Opportunity Act because they don't want another bun fight because they've lost so much support with the Aboriginal heritage legislation uh, that the Liberal Party is actually sort of within range now in public opinion of actually possibly being able to win the next election. Um, and so... The last thing the, the Labor government wants would be a big bun fight with the faith community, um, which could uh, yeah, reduce their support even further. Well, that would be a big turnaround, wouldn't it? If the Liberals uh, were having a bit of a resurgence because it was a absolute walkover loss at the last Western Australian state elections. So if there's a resurgence that's happening because people are uh, understanding that sometimes overreach uh, has dreadful ramifications, that could be a very significant thing. Hey, I've got to draw a, a line under our conversation here, but uh, always appreciate your great insights, uh, Peter Abetz, uh, for listeners uh, to take advantage of uh, being your uh, a signatory to that uh, that uh, last day of that petition, that e-petition you were talking about around Christian schools, let me point listeners to the Australian Christian Lobby website, acl.org.au, acl.org.au, and uh, to keep informed and up to date with other initiatives that are going on. That acl.org.au website is going to be a real treasure for you. Peter Abetz, Western Australian State Director for the Australian Christian Lobby. Peter, thanks so much for your update today on 2020. Pleasure to be with you, Neil. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.